the show, Clayton Kateri. He is the host of Traveling to Consciousness podcast, which I have had the honor of being a guest on two different times, so I definitely recommend checking it out. Clayton explores all things spirituality, all things expanding consciousness. He is a questioner, which I love. He questions everything. He is a thinker. He is open-minded, and he goes deep on his show. His show is like three hours long, so there's a lot of space to really dive deep, and I feel like if you are the type of person who likes this podcast, you will love his show, Traveling to Consciousness, so definitely check that out. A little bit about Clayton's story. When he was 24, he realized that he had quote, won the societal game of life. He was a software engineer working on a state-of-the-art military drone technology. He was living in San Diego with, you know, two beaches, a 30-second walk from his house, but he kept thinking to himself, is this it? Is this all there is? Which we all know what that question means, spiritual awakening. So he has the spiritual awakening and the message is clear. He needed to do what he feared the most. So he quit his job without any plan. He traveled all over the world and he started his podcast and had no idea where it was going, but realized that he had to follow his joy, his passions and alignment. And then the podcast started. So I'm sure a lot of you can connect with that question. Like, is this all there really is? I know I have been at that place many times in my life and it's always cool to see what we can create on the other side of that question. And it's super cool to see who we become. And Clayton is such an amazing example of somebody who just consistently like shows up to the questions, asks more questions, and explores things that maybe a lot of other people wouldn't want to look at. In this episode, we talk about all kinds of things. We talk about dream analysis. We talk about the moon, what's really going on with the moon. We talk about conspiracy theories. We talk about stargates. We talk about what it's like when your platform blows up. So Clayton explains in the episode kind of what happens with his platform, but it was like like an overnight huge boost. And I feel like we live in an age where everybody really, well, I won't say everyone, a lot of people really want that, right? Like TikTok, it's really easy to grow now. Um, You know, people are looking for growth and don't always realize like what that experience is actually like. And I know I have a lot of friends and clients who have had that experience and it, it can really, um, it can be tough in a lot of like emotional mental ways. Like you don't really realize what can come with that. Sometimes we talk about what that experience was like for him with having videos go viral and, um, kind of dealing with the things that people were saying on the internet. You know, we live in a very, very interesting time. That is for sure. So that side of things is really fascinating to me. Um, and I just love how open Clayton is. One of the things I love about him the most, he's just so open. He's so real and uh, just a great, a great soul and a great friend. So I'm really excited for you guys to hear today's show. You can learn more from Clayton from his podcast, Traveling to Consciousness. He's on TikTok at Clayton Kateri and on Instagram at Traveling to Consciousness. So check him out there. His website is travelingtoconsciousness.com. He's got a lot of content to dive into, so I'm sure you will love it. But for now, let's jump into today's conversation. So enjoy this chat with Clayton Kateri. (music) 
My new book, Pain, Love, and Purpose, is officially available for release. And I cannot wait for you to get your hands on this. Pain, Love, and Purpose is a poetry book. And these poems are separated out into three sections. Pain, Love, and Purpose. And this book is really an exploration of how we can turn our pain into our purpose. And how pain is often the thing that leads the way for us to really uncover deeper love and real purpose in our lives. This is the most vulnerable thing I've ever released. It details specific experiences and relationships from my own life, moments that have cracked me open, moments that have shaped me and really built me. But in those stories, there is something that is relatable for everybody. I really believe that emotions are what connect us, even though we might not all have the same exact life experiences. Where we can connect to each other is through our shared emotions. And that is what this book is about. It would mean so much to me if you picked it up. When you hold this book in your hands, you really are holding a piece of my heart. It'll make you laugh. It'll make you cry. It will make you feel all the feels. And it might just shift your perspective on certain situations in your own life and help you really reconnect with your own purpose. You can head to Amazon and search for pain, love, and purpose. You can also go to painloveandpurpose.com and find more information there. If you do pick it up and you enjoy it, if you leave a rating and a review on Amazon and then take a screenshot of that and email it to media at christinathechannel.com, we will email you back a free meditation to help you reconnect with your own purpose as a bonus gift. I am beyond grateful for all of the support and love around this book. Every review matters. And if you haven't gotten your hands on it yet, just go to painloveandpurpose.com. So I like to start every episode with four questions to help my audience get to know you. Are you ready? Let's do it. Okay. First is most, most important. How do you like to start your day? What's your morning routine? Oh, so my morning routine usually starts at night. I usually go to bed setting an intention of what I'm looking for in my dream space and questions I have for the dream realm, for my spirits, and allow them to use my dreams in order to give me answers that I might not consciously know. So whenever I wake up, the very first thing I do is usually write down those dreams, just whatever I remember from them, and then try to sit there in that like morning haze and try to actually interpret like what's the first thing that comes to mind for me. Uh, after that, I will roll out of bed and either jump outside, especially if it's cold out, because I think it's the best way to just get the blood flow going, get the body like, oh, shit, like stuff's happening. Let's go. Uh, and then it, it kind of gets a mishmash. I either, depending on what time it is, I'll either go downstairs and actually create some content, upload some podcast material, create Instagram reels or TikTok reels, and then I'll head to jujitsu. And so that's usually the way that my morning works out. Nice. So when you're making your content, are you pretty like, is that like a fast, fast thing for you usually? I would love for it to be faster mm -hmm. right now. It kind of okay. depends if I'm making kind of just like a me looking at the camera, usually mm -hmm. can get it done in like 15, 20 minutes. Mm -hmm. But if I'm making a clip from a past podcast, it can take about two hours to just make one clip and mm -hmm. That's from me just sitting down, kind of listening through the podcast and thinking to myself, like, what sounds good? And then when I hear it, it like resonates and I'm like, oh shit, like this is the clip. And then from cutting it, adding in gifts, adding in captions, adding music, that'll take about another hour, hour and a half ish. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> I ask 
I ask just selfishly because this is why I love people's like routines and how the way they, the way they order their day. Like we've talked about this, like how it can just shift time. Um, and I've played with different times of making content and <clears throat> I used to do it in the morning. And then because there was so much variation, like the same thing, like sometimes I would knock something out in five minutes and other times it would take me like two hours to like put together a video. I was like, this is too unreliable for my morning routine. So I moved it. That's why I was just wondering. No, it's a, it's a good point. And I tried to, like, sometimes I'll stick myself to actually getting it done, but it's interesting. Like sometimes I'll go three days in a row and make three clips in a row, but then I'll go like two days and I just, that drive won't be there. And so, you know, being that I've always been in a very, what I call a wounded masculine place, I'm trying to almost shift myself more into that intuitive feeling, not forcing myself as much energy. So whenever I feel that, you know, I usually have a backlog of, of either reels or TikToks, or I just tell myself it's okay. I don't have to post it every day. I'm in this routine at this point where that consistency has been built in that like, if I miss a day or two, I know I'm going to be back to it on that third or fourth day. So I'm not too hard on myself. Yeah, totally. Well, <clears throat> you had an interesting dream about, about uh, me last night. Do you want to share? <laughs> what insight did you get from that? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not Let's break that down. Oh wow. Actually, I may Let's have gotten break that insight. Down. I may yeah, have gotten me. insight from that. So I had a couple of interesting dreams, but the one that Christina's referencing is it was kind of like in the fog of like waking up and I got this like real clip gl quick glimpse. And it was my sister coming up to me and going, Did you know you interviewed Lizzie McGuire? And I'm thinking <laughs> to myself, like, no, that doesn't make sense. And she's like, Yeah, you did. And she pulled up something on the internet where it was like Christina Rice as Lizzie McGuire. And I was like, oh, shit, I guess I did. And I was like, how, how did I not know? <laughs> I was like, that doesn't make sense. I was like, OK, but I'll go with it. And, and so I kind of just woke up. And the first thing I did was like, look up Lizzie McGuire and confirm <laughs> that it was actually Hillary Duff in this reality who was Lizzie McGuire. Oh, <laughs> I love that. Now, from a breakdown perspective, and this actually just clicked whenever you were asking that, is there have actually been a couple times that I have, I don't want to say sacrifice, but I have usually cut down the time that I've asked of people to come on my podcast because of their name. And first of all, super grateful for you because you've always been down for the three hour block. But then whenever people show up, sometimes they've like over blocked, they block something else. And yeah. I get put in this weird predicament of like, do I tell them no? Do I just kind of push through it? And yeah. now on three occasions, I've pushed through it and said, oh, it's whatever. But after that, man, I've always felt terrible. I felt like, damn it. Like, why did I say yes to this kind of feeling? And going back to this, I think the whole point is, is like, you know, I've been really sitting with this idea as if I would have like the top of the top A-list celebrity say they wanted to come on my podcast and we show up for it and they say, oh, well, I only have an hour. Like, what do I do in that situation? And with the help of some resources, I've, I think I'm kind of figuring this out now. And I'm actually kind of figuring this out in live real time. <laughs> is I think the point is, is to come back to my why. Like, why am I doing this? And the why of my podcast is to have long form, uncut, uncensored conversations with people. So if I'm tailoring it to my guests, then I feel like that's a part of me kind of breaking the mold of who I am and what, and what I'm trying to create with my podcast. Yeah, I totally get that. I've, 
I've had people do that too, where it's like, it's very clear ahead of time. Like it's a 90 minute block. Like I don't like to feel rushed. Like my show's not as long as yours, but it's like, I do that because most of my interviews are about an hour, but sometimes something really juicy is coming up at 60 minutes. I'm not going to like shut it off, you know? So I want space. Um, and it's super clear going into it and people will get on they're like, yeah, I have a call at this time and it's 60 minutes. And I'm just like, then I wouldn't have had you on the show, you know, because now I feel rushed and I can't really get into everything I want to get into. Um, exactly. So I totally, I totally get that. Like, it's like, to me, if someone's coming on the show, like, I don't care what the name is. It's a privilege, you know, like, like I have built all this trust with my audience, you know, like I care about them, They're like my family, you've done the same. You put so much time and energy into, into building your community and that trust. And it's like, I'm showing up for them. You know, it's like a privilege to come on the show and get access to all these incredible people who listen. <laughs> right. Um, I don't really care who you are. And to me, part of opting into, yes, I'm coming on the show is like, I understand this is a time slot. You know, it's not like you're mm -hmm. showing up today and it's like, oh, I'm just finding out it's three hours for your show. It's like, that's you, you tell people ahead of time. Right? Oh, for sure. And I mean, <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> I mean, they sign up on the Calendly and it's yeah. not like it's pro I put in there multiple times. Yeah. But the, and so then this is actually an interesting thing that I've maybe been trying to figure out in the realm of podcasting is like, where does the value lie? Because there's times where people have tried to charge me for going on their podcasts and then people have asked me to pay them to go to have them on my podcast. And so I'm curious, even in yeah. your mind, like, where's the value of like podcasting, because like in this situation, right? Like, I guess I'm bringing my name to your platform, but you're also bringing your audience. So mm -hmm. is it almost like a 50, 50 trade-off whenever you say yes to someone else's podcast? You know, this conversation is, this is a conversation, you know, and, and like, and I've had this conversation a lot because especially like when I was running my other company that did podcast pitching, like obviously this came up because there are a lot of, a lot of the larger shows, like the top, the top 10 shows for sure, like are pay to play, which means you pay to be a guest on them. And a lot of people don't know that, that, um, you know, people are paying to get on these shows. Um, so they don't take just a pitch. Like you're paying, it could be 50 grand. It could be a hundred grand. It could be 200 grand. Like wow, it can cost that much to get on some of these shows. Everybody is different. I'm not saying every show in top 10, like, I don't know all of that, but I do know, obviously that came up with a lot of our pitching as we got to know different shows and what it took to get on the show. Um, so there are a lot of shows that are pay to play. There are also a lot of um, large shows who are super against that, you know, like some of my close friends I had this conversation with who have, who are at top 10 shows. And they're like, they're like, I don't get that at all. Like, no, we don't, we don't do that. The, the money is elsewhere, but I understand the angle of, you know, these huge shows that I spent a lot of time building the brand and the platform and you're giving people access to, you know, like millions of people as an audience. And maybe it's like a, a new, it's a, it's a new entrepreneur. It's like a new thought. It's someone brand new. And so, to me, I, I, I understand that, you know, um, I can wrap my head around it for, for sure. And I get that as a business model. I think the other thing is people don't realize how much time and energy podcasting is. And it's like, I think it's totally fair for that to be somebody's entire career. Um, and for people to get paid for the show and usually sponsorships just aren't going to do enough, you know? Um, so I totally get that, but at the same, I don't know, at the same time, I think that especially when, <sighs> I don't know. It makes sense to me. Like, like 
the way I run my podcast right now, there's like no charging in any direction. To me, it feels like an equal exchange of energy for sure. It's like, um, you know, I'm very confident in like the, the value I have and like what I've built with my audience and, and my platform and my reach. Um, and I also, I also, anyone I bring on, I am also feel honored to have them on the show. Like, you know, so it feels equal to me. Um, mm-hmm. I don't ever bring somebody on the show where I feel like, oh, I'm providing more here than they're providing to me. Like, I just wouldn't let them come on the show. Um, and that's honestly why I say no to many pitches, you know, because it doesn't feel like an equal energy exchange. It feels like you're just using my platform, but like, what are you providing to my audience really? Um, and often that comes in the form of just, it's not a new idea right? I get pitches all the time. And I'm like, I've heard this a million times before. Like, this isn't really adding any value. It's not a new perspective for me or something that's really going to support my audience. They've heard it a million times before. Um, so yeah, I, I, that's my, my convoluted answer, if that makes sense, but it's a, a, yeah, it's a weird one. Cause like I'm on board with, cause even when you're saying that, like people charging for money, it, it it feels like there's something there, but at the same time, you know, I, it like feels as if it's me valuing my time over their time. Right. Like if mm-hmm. I say, we're going to sit down together and talk for three hours, like we're, we're signing up for the same time slot. And by all means, like if you're an A-list celebrity, your time is probably more valuable at this point than mine is. And so if you are saying no, like that's totally cool. And mm-hmm. that's where I need to scale back and just be like, okay, like once I get to that level, right. And then, then we'll revisit this whenever you actually see this equal trade-off because to me, I don't, I don't know if it's my perception of money at this current time, but it just, it, it feels like it muddies the water a little bit. Yeah. I think, I don't know. I mean, I think it's honestly like just such a nuanced conversation because as, as you're bringing this up, I'm just thinking about it from like a speaker perspective. It's like for, for somebody to speak on stages, like it is actually mm. a very common thing. Like if somebody's hosting a big conference or something, like there are certain people there who are not, who are not getting paid to speak like the opportunity for them is being on the stage like like so they're speaking for free uh, but there are other people who you know who are putting on the speaking event they are paying that speaker 200 grand to be there right um and so it's kind of different for different people and to be honest that makes sense to me like a good point you know what i mean and so i th- i i can see how it's just kind of case dependent like a, or or even i don't know to me it's you know if you let's say you're having i know somebody just told me they had some big artist they paid them 2 million dollars to to play at their wedding and i was like holy shit like wow. uh you know what i mean it's like yeah it's the same time as like this other random band but it was i think I actually, I don't think I should say, I, I know who it was, but I shouldn't say, um, <laughs> better safe than sorry. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know what I mean? So yeah, I think it's a nuanced conversation. I don't know that. I think there's like, I just, I, what I go by is like me as I'm living my life, does this feel like an equal energy exchange for me? Um, and I can't really worry about other people, you know? So I don't know what that's going to look like for them, but when I'm making decisions like that, like, um, if anybody asked me to like, pay them to be on my show that would be an absolutely hell no uh <laughs> like I don't care who you are but and yeah I, I don't know and but yeah did yeah. you say if someone paid you to be on their show you if say somebody no? if somebody came on to my show like if I asked a guest hey will you come like would you want to come and they said well my fee is this much oh uh, okay gotcha. I would say no no thank you yeah you I've know? gotten that one time and I was like uh yeah next time <laughs> I've never had that happen um but yeah, I don't know. I mean, I see like with certain, like with large podcasts, I can see how they would 
pay to come on. Um, and I think what ends up happening there is often if, if the host is seeking out somebody and they're like, Clayton, I want you on the show. They don't then be like, oh, and it's 50 grand. Like usually those people, it's equal exchange. But for these people who are pitching themselves and the host Mm -hmm. literally doesn't know who they are, you know, it's somebody who's trying to build their platform um, by coming on the show. And that's a fair thing. At that point, I can see how like, it's like, yeah, okay. I don't know anything about you. And you're basically trying to use my entire brand to build your, to build your platform. Um, I can see how that could, you know, cost a lot of money and, and sometimes that investment works out and sometimes it doesn't. (laughs) <laughs> that makes a lot of sense. So, yeah. Yeah. Right about answer. Okay. No, I, I mean, it's a convoluted question. So it's a, I mean, it's a question I mean, that deserves a convoluted answer. So yeah. like, it's a tricky one, right? I don't even person remember how person. we got there, but. Uh, because you're matter. Lizzie McGuire. Oh, Lizzie McGuire. Because I'm Lizzie McGuire. <laughs> in a different reality. Or maybe Everybody, this one. I don't know. <laughs> maybe, I'm, maybe I'm Lizzie McGuire. Let me know if anyone else has had that dream. <laughs> I'm running around being Lizzie McGuire. That'd be epic. Um, all right. The inbox just gets flooded after this. <laughs> I know. Seriously. Okay. Next question, which is a quickie. What's a product you're really loving right now? It could be food. It could be supplement. It could be um, a crystal, an oil. It could be your glasses. It could be uh, your podcast equipment. It could be a book, um, anything physical. I'm going to go with a book. Okay. Um, I, I'm still getting through manifestation mastery. So as a non- I'm not being paid to say this, but <laughs> speaking of money, but you guys should definitely check out Christina's book. I'm sure you've heard of it. That one's <laughs> fire and I'm still working through it. But one that maybe your audience doesn't know too much about, it's by Ryan Holiday. It's called The Obstacle is the Way. And Ryan Holiday is known as the Daily Stoic on Instagram. He really brings in the Stoic philosophy. And if you're not sure, it was it was really popularized during the Romans with this idea of kind of understanding your emotions, but not just acting on them. And the reason I would recommend The Obstacle is the Way is it is not written as a spiritual book, but as I kind of go through it, there's a lot of stuff in there that seems like it could do a lot of good for people who might be in a place of wounded masculinity and really help bring people to see a more aligned version of what a divine masculine energy feels and seems like and how to operate with it in the world so that's what a big book that i've been digging into recently great you know it's funny is i've actually never read the book but i've given that book as a gift to probably like 15 people really (laughs) yeah over the years which is so funny um but you know me (laughs) why do you not how does that happen the guys just tell you to give it i just like it's like i know it's a good book like but i haven't read it like because i don't read many books um have we talked about this? Um, maybe briefly. I don't. We didn't I don't, get into it. I I don't read. I don't read any books. Um, and most of my friends who are channels are the same way. Like I don't read any books unless I like. Uh, I like to read fiction. Um, so I'll read fiction, or if I'm if I get the download, like, hey, read this. So any, it's like a specifically like read this book or read that book. Or, and sometimes it's even just certain sections of a book. So any book I have read, it's been because I got a distinct message that like there was something in there I needed to read, but I don't, um, I don't just, I don't read books because I just want to make sure that like, it's part of keeping my channel clear, you know, for what's coming through. Um, and so kind of the less of other people's ideas that might enter my head, the easier it is for me to know, 
because uh, when things so, sometimes things will come through concept so, concepts will come through and it's like mind-blowing for me like holy shit and then what's interesting is other people in my community will be like oh yeah this is similar to like what so-and-so said in this or that and I'm like oh that's super cool right um like that other people can see oh different people are coming to the same conclusion and then for me to like know like oh that was straight just like coming through versus I didn't read that in a book you know what I mean um yeah so I'm just very I just try not to kind of consume other stuff it gives you kind of like a more of a plus one for the channel and Mm -hmm. what that energy feels like yeah totally yeah that makes a lot of sense because even that's even something even maybe not so much with this book but in general when I'm reading something I know that I've have a tendency to just believe what I see and I've very much more now been trying to like, say like, what is the truth in this sentence? Like, what is the, it takes a lot of effort. Like that's a lot of energy to go through an article or a book and say, do I want to accept this information into my reality? And to do that with every single sentence can be quite a bit. Yeah, totally. hundred percent. It's a lot. (laughs) Uh, Okay. What's your, do you know your sun sign, your moon sign and your rising? Oh, Aries Sun, Rising Leo. I can look it up real quick. Oh, double fire. Yeah. And then I. I Wait, when's your birthday? March 28th. Oh, I think I. Oh, I knew that. I knew that. Because yours is near there as well, right? Yeah, I'm an Aries too. I'm an Aries Sun, a Libra Moon, and then a Rising Leo. Okay, Libra Moon. That makes sense. Okay, we love that. And then Human Design. Oh, manifestation, manifestation generator, manifesting Manifesting generator. There it is. That's the one. Yeah. Clayton's also (laughs) cold thirst, everyone. And do you remember your numbers? Were you, what your profile was? Were you a one, three or something? I'm a five, one, a heretical investigator, heretical investigator. There it is. That's the word. Okay. That makes sense. Fighting for the cause. That's you. Love that. Okay. Five, one manifesting generator are you sacral are you sacral sacral response okay and cold thirst mm-hmm. i'm a mountain guy which makes mm-hmm. so much sense but i love san diego so i'm kind of like in this weird like paradigm of i want to go back to san diego but mm-hmm. mountains like are my home so mm-hmm. i don't know that's probably a disruption in my aura right now that i haven't figured out but <laughs> <laughs> no well it's more of a it doesn't have to be like literal mountains you know, it's like places where you can gain perspective. So, mm. um, it's more of an energy. All right. All right. There we go. And last little question in this series is what's a topic you're really interested in right now? What are you thinking about? What are you learning about? What are you pondering? What am I pondering? I think the big one for me personally, and it's interesting because I pulled up your podcast and you actually just made a, just made a podcast about this exact topic, which is dating and money energetics. (laughs) And it's hilarious because it's funny because there's two areas in my life where I feel like they're connected, which is the money, like money isn't flowing as much as I feel or believe it should be. And then I'm been in between relationships now for quite some time, probably approaching a year, which is wild. But regardless, it feels as though there's always been a connection between these two energies. And I've channeled about it. They've said yes. 
They've given me some roads to look down. And honestly, this might come back to what we were talking about in the green room about, you know, that other dream that I had. But that's really kind of what I'm pondering mostly is like, what is the link that I'm that I, I am putting out right now that connects, you know, my dating world, my dating scene and energetics of money and having money flow to me. Hmm. So I think that's probably the big thing interpersonally that I'm exploring right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're obviously very connected. You should uh, listen to my podcast. <laughs> it's all connected, right? Like That's the thing. It's like with manifestation, people think that like they're trying, they're trying to focus on one area of their life. They're like, I want more money. And they don't realize that the path to get more money is through focusing on their health or through focusing on their relationships, right? Or it could be, you know, vice versa. Like sometimes it's focusing on like your career, your business or moving through that stuff that shifts the energy so that you can actually attract in your person. Um, you know, so it's, it's, it's all very connected. And I think a lot of it is with our relationship with the masculine and the feminine and, uh, you know, receiving, uh, and even just looking at like, where am I not? And let's, (laughs) this is like not the right connotation of the word, but if we think about, I'm not chasing anymore, I'm attracting, like, why am I not attractive to the energy I want? Right. Because if we're not receiving money or we're not attracting in our partner, like my main thing with that episode was just making the point of, I feel like people date a lot of the people I talk to, like the way they approach dating or relationships, it's this very like disempowered kind of energy where they, they are relating to it as if it's just luck. Like I still have to keep dating people or like, like, I just, I hope I meet somebody like they think that they have no power over it. And it's like, I just have to be in the right place at the right time. It's this lucky thing. Or like, I just have to keep going on more dates. And I'm like, that's not what it is at all. You know, um, it's about attraction. It's, it's about man. It's manifesting more than anything else. You know, it's not some luck thing. It's like, are you vibrationally available to receive that person? Um, and I think people relate to money the same way as well. They think like, if I just work harder, money's going to come in or like, it's kind of a disempowered thing of there's nothing I can do to control like how much money I'm receiving. And I'm like, this is just energy. So if you get really good at directing and like controlling the flow of energy in your life, there's no reason why you can't attract in your partner or more money. Like we have control over that. Um, so that was kind of my main point with the episode. Well, so then even going back to something you said at the beginning there, and I'm all on board with everything you said afterwards, but the thing you said at the beginning there is it's all connected. So usually there's like one piece out of puzzle in the background that we're not even looking at that we don't even know it's under the carpet and if we just fix that piece of the puzzle in the background which might be eating like one more apple per day or something like that and you'll get an abundance of money and you'll have a beautiful girlfriend or boyfriend and so how do you figure out what that piece of the puzzle is in the background to address well i think having a consistent like just being the type of person that's consistently self reflective and like you still trying to find my blind spots, you know, I think is just like, that makes it easier for me. Um, but I also think sometimes like, it's like, what's the thing that the universe or my higher self is consistently pushing in front of me, like pay attention here that I'm not really looking at or dealing with. Mm. because often what we do is we, we want to try and focus on the thing that we like want to focus on that we want to fix. But meanwhile, the universe, there's, there are signs, there are always signs as to, Hey, look over here, ding, ding, ding. But I'm either overlooking them 
or just don't really want to deal with it. Or I like, don't think it's as big a problem as it is. Like, this is a great example. A really common one for me has to do with, um, my living space or like my, my clothes. So I'll get the message. This happens to me like <laughs> a bit where they're like, you need to clean out your whole house. So you need to get rid of your entire wardrobe and get all new clothes. And I'm like, okay, I'll do that. And I like put it down my list, but I don't prioritize it. Cause I'm like, I have this do with my business. I have that do with my book. Um, I I'm busy there. I'm like, yeah, I'll do that like next month or I'll put it in. And it's like, no, do it now. And like, that's the thing that I need to shift to make, to shift my energy and my frequency. So it can attract what I really want to make the rest of the stuff that I think is top priority actually flow in more easily. Does that make sense? So it's like, oh, for I have, sure. I'll have gotten the download or the hit, but I just don't think it's as important. Like I'm, I'm just putting it lower on the priority list or I'm just like not really dealing with it. You know what I mean? Um, so, I mean, it's really common with things related to health or like, um, I think it's more obvious when it's the big stuff of like, I mean, how, how common is it that people are not making money? And it's like, because they're in a really toxic relationship, but they don't want to leave the relationship. You know, maybe they're married, maybe they have kids and it's like, well, that's just not an option. And I'm like, okay, but just speaking as like an impartial psychic who looks at energy, I'm telling you right now, the money block is this relationship you know, or that can be really common with kids when people are struggling to have kids and the soul doesn't want to come in in that relationship. Mm. Like that can be a thing, you know? So sometimes it's like a big life shift that people don't want to look at, or it's like, oh, I need to completely change my career. And so, because it feels so insurmountable, we just don't even really give ourselves that as an option. There's got to be something else that's easier. Other times it's the most obvious thing. We just have kind of overlooked it. So is there a question then that you ask yourself when you're in those predicaments of like, what's something I'm overlooking that's contributing to this? I suppose it would be, as I just, I just have gone through this. Um, what has the universe been telling me that I haven't been taking action on? Oh, I like that. What has the universe been telling me that I have not taken action on mm -hmm. or haven't taken on action on yet? Oh, I like that. Yeah. Right. You're like, I'm going to write that down. <laughs> yeah. Where's my yeah. notes? <laughs> it's, it's simple, but it, it really works. You know, I think most of us could probably, I mean, I just me saying that I'm like, I, I can think of like a few things right now, you know, that's always my answer. Like, um, you know, even if there's no problem or even if I don't feel any blocks, like there's usually always something I'm like, okay, when I ask myself that, I'm like, okay, I have been getting that message or just haven't necessarily done it yet. Um, it's usually something I'm like, yeah, I'll do that later. I'll, I put it on the back burner. Um, but yeah, I think that gets to the point, you know? I, I No, I think you're absolutely on to something because it, it it's almost like, because I've definitely experienced things like these before. I remember whenever I was trying to get my app out that there was like all these roadblocks and it just wasn't happening. And all I needed to do was like set boundaries with somebody. And then like, I had the app in like one day and I remember messaging the developers like, Hey, like it's all ready. And they're like, that's impossible. It takes like three months for these apps to go online. And I'm like, well, I just talked to Apple and they did it within a day. And it's like, it, it's, it's weird. Cause it, it comes across as like this little thing that's like poking you in the back of the head. And then once you do it, like all these things just start to unravel so quickly. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. And that's such a great example. Like I'm sure you saying that just brought up so much for people because I feel like the boundaries one is such a common one. Like I've had that too. It's like, there's a friendship or there is a business partnership, or it could be whatever, where I need to draw a boundary or I need to release the relationship. Um, and often I don't, because it doesn't seem like a big deal. Like for me, it comes up, it's come up a lot in the past with people where I don't talk to them a ton. Like, it's not like they're like an active part of my life, you know, but it's someone who just like maybe comes in like every couple of months and I'm like, eh, no thanks. Um, and that can be the block. And then I've like, you know, set a boundary there and then the energy starts moving. So it can totally be that kind of thing for mm. sure. Um, yeah. So crazy. Yeah. But it is all connected, um, which I feel like, you know, I wanted to actually, no, maybe can we, are you open to going into your dream? Sure. Your realization? Yeah, yeah, since you said it was connected, perhaps. Yeah, it actually is pretty connected. Now, this is the first time I'm telling it as a story. So if it comes out as a bad, it literally just happened last night. So if it comes out as a bad story, sit with me, guys. On this we're, li- we're live processing. Yeah. <laughs> so sometimes it can come out a little jittery and you're going to sit there and be like, oh, okay, cool, bro. Like, <laughs> you know, what else? So let me see here. The dream, I guess we'll just start with the dream, which happened last night. And I set my intention, like we talked about at the beginning of the podcast, which was how, if I were to, if I was always to trust myself, what would I need to remember about my trust and follow? That was a big one because as a backstory, I would like listen to my, my spirit guides, my channel but then not fully trusted or I wouldn't follow their actions. And we'll get into that. But so my intention was essentially, if I were to always trust and follow the information that you guys gave me, what would I need to remember about myself that I'm not remembering right now? And the dream that I had was started off with me in a car. I was in the passenger seat. My mom was driving and she had recently bought. And so this is kind of like that intro download when you get into a dream and you know all the situational stuff, but you don't really like know how you know. And so I'm sitting in the passenger seat and she had recently bought one of those little devices that you put on your windshield. And when you're going on toll roads, the magnetic strip like registers and will charge yeah, you. Like a fast track. Exactly. Yeah. And so she had bought one of those and put it on the car, but she seemed to believe that if she, but that, that it gave her a free pass to go through red lights. and I'm sitting there in the passenger seat, like, no, like this isn't right. This isn't right. Like you can't just speed through red lights. I'm sitting there telling her this over and over again. And then it gets to a point where it like flashed into another situation. And that happened again, flashed into another situation. It happened again. And then the third time I was in the car with my brother and my mom, she did it again. And I got mad. Like I got angry. I was like, mom, you can't do this. You're putting us at risk, da, da, da. And so we then pull up to a shopping mall because I guess my brother and my mom were going to a shopping mall with me and my brother and I get out and then my mom drives away and my brother goes, Hey, I don't think you should have told her you were wrong to which I replied, no, she needed to, I needed to tell her it, but I should have done it with more love and more empathy. And so then we had to end up like going walk like a couple miles to, you know, catch up with her or something. And so what it really brought up for me was, I think the, the feeling of losing love 
for trusting my gut, right? Trusting that I know that this little thing that's getting put onto the windshield isn't going to allow you to go through a stoplight. Like you're still going to have, you could have an accident. You could get, you know, you're going to get pulled over by police. But the fact that I was even sitting there, sorry, I lost my train of thought. Let me, let me cycle back. I was sitting there knowing what the truth was, knowing what the truth was and following it, that had I pursued that, then love personified by my mom in this situation would leave, you know, it would cast me out. It would judge me. And then I think the other little thing in there is for me to not get mad in those situations, because being a manifesting generator, (laughs) I think anger is like my default to whenever people aren't listening to me. And I've certainly seen that in my life as well. Whenever I see a a little minute thing, we've talked about this, a little minute thing that I'm like, I know what the solution here is, but you're just not, you're not listening to me. And so I think that was kind of the combination of what that dream was uncovering was, you know, you can, you need to speak your truth. You can trust that you're being honest. And even if your mom drives away in that situation, it's not that she doesn't love you. I mean, maybe she's frustrated. Maybe she needs to get away. Maybe she can't articulate her thoughts. But I think that was a huge thing that is really still cementing its way into this reality with that little thing that I uncovered last night. Mm. Wow. Do you, do you feel like that's happened to you before where like you speaking your truth or you trusting your gut, trusting yourself, um, has made people leave or judge you? Not necessarily. I have seen when So as a preference for everyone listening, um, whenever I quit my job, I moved back in with my parents and I can still feel that there are times when if they're going to have dinner or something, and especially with this whole cold thirst thing, like realizing that majority of our meals are hot. And Mm -hmm. so internally, there's like this pushback against the hot meals. And so I have felt that there are times whenever I would speak my truth of like not being hungry, that it gets received in a way that is he doesn't want to eat my meal. He doesn't, you know, and so there becomes this disconnect and a part of me, as opposed to speaking that truth might just eat the meal, might just try a piece of this, might just try a piece of that. When in reality, it's just like, Hey, like this isn't for me right now. I I'm, I'm grateful that you made it. I'm grateful it's on the table, but my body is telling me no right now. And I have to trust that over sacrificing these things sacrificing the inability for you to understand Mm -hmm. to sacrifice my truth in the fact that your inability to understand why yeah yeah this is so it's just funny well it's not funny it it is what it is as it's supposed to be we can laugh at it (laughs) uh no no like because this is exact so i'm like i'm editing my next book right now Mm -hmm. um and it's it's all about love like it's all about relationships. Uh, it's about love with family, with friends, with romantic partnerships, everything. But like, what is the definition of love? And, you know, it's it's a very meaty book. Like, it's very slow for me to read back and like really process because it's really getting into all the nuances of like, like what love is, you, you know, and in that, in that dream, it's like love personified, like that's not love right? If it, if it leaves you for speaking your truth, for honoring your truth, right? Like that actually wasn't love. 
that was what society, mm. you know, society has created this idea, like what love is. We have this construct and we like plug into it, this template and it's not real love. It's not, it's not the frequency of love. It is obligation. It is, you know, uh, scorekeeping. It's that kind of thing. <laughs> it's more obligation energy than, than anything. Um, and so it's just funny because as you're expressing that, I'm like, that's, this is really exactly what they're talking about of like all these things and where we, where we get almost trapped and we trying to figure out like, I love this person, they love me, but like, what if I speak my truth? What if I follow this? And then I upset them. It's like, we chase our tails trying to make this work when the truth is that if people are upset <laughs> that we are living our truth, then that's actually not love. Like that's not the vibration of the dynamic we're in with them. Oh, for sure. I mean, and you're sacri- again, you're sacrificing your love for yourself, right? That energy. Mm-hmm. And, and this is also an interesting piece of the puzzle, right? Because a part of me says, you know, how do I know what the true frequency of love is? This was kind of earlier and maybe still there's a little bit reminisce of it, but how do I know what the true frequency of love is if it's never been modeled for me in society? Mm-hmm. And that's, I think, a barrier that I'm even still trying to figure out myself and even in relationship to myself. Right. And I I think setting boundaries is a huge one. I mean, even in the moral of that story, you know, I'm sure tonight there's going to be a meal placed that has no cold thirst whatsoever in the table. And so, you know, it's, I think it's a level of me having that conversation of, Hey, I'm trying out like these different meals, these foods, this cold items, you know, more fruits, more this. So let's try to integrate that into the meal. Mm -hmm. And so it's, it comes back to that, I think, the duality of it not just being in that exact moment, right? That exact moment of, hey, we're having, you know, uh, like pasta or, I don't know, what are hot meals? Like, we have so many. I mean, <laughs> everything, like yeah. vegetables, protein, like everything's cooked pretty much. I feel like at dinner, dinner's like the cooked meal, you know? Right, rice. Yeah. And so yeah. it's, it's, I guess it's even not something that you be reactive to, you know, be Mm -hmm. proactive, you know, set it up beforehand. Like, Hey, I'm doing this meal. Don't just wait until it happens. And then you're, you feel your body in this bind of, I don't want to eat this, but now if I tell her that I don't want to eat this, then I'm not going to have love, but you can just easily proactively negate it and just be like, Hey, this is what I'm eating. If you guys can do that, that's cool. If not, I totally respect it. Like I'll figure it out myself. No Mm -hmm. harm, no foul. Yeah. Well, I'll just say from a cold from a cold thirst perspective, some workarounds are drinking ice cold water with it. Uh, and also just like talking a lot at the beginning and then waiting for your food to cool mm. and then just eating it, you know, so it's a little bit cooler, but. Well, so does uh, that work? Because I've thought, I thought that like, if heat was used in order to create it, then it yeah. is like infused almost into it. It depends on the person. You know, it really depends on the person, but it's like, like for me, I for sure notice a difference. Like I, I feel my best when everything's raw, when it's not cooked, but when I'm in a situation where I'm going to eat cooked food, um, I just will wait for it to cool. And that's better than if I'm eating it hot, you know? So, but, but I also know other people who are cold thirst where it doesn't really matter for them, their bodies, they feel the same if, if it's cooked or not, what matters is more the temperature. So if they eat all leftovers, it's all cooked, but it's like leftovers or it's just, you know, cooled down, they feel totally great. So I think it just really depends on the person and their sensitivity and everybody's going to be a little bit different, you know? Um, yeah, that makes sense. So you could test it out. But like, you know, what's interesting is I actually think that also that dream is, and just this conversation, like trusting yourself and speaking your truth, like that, that is for sure something I think everyone comes up against that. But if we talk about 
building a podcast, you know, like, like growing a platform, like that is real stuff that comes up too. You know, because like the more eyes that are on you and the more people like feel like, oh, I get to insert my opinion. And then it's like, oh, there, there is this thing that can come up around, like, if I go too far, am I going to push all these people out? When I first started opening up intuitively, I felt really overwhelmed and I wished there was one place that I could go where I could get all of my questions answered and learn really everything I needed. That is exactly why I created my psychic development course. Everyone is intuitive and this is one of your biggest superpowers and there's always more to unlock. So whether you're just starting out exploring your psychic abilities or if you're already tapped in but looking to develop those gifts even further, this course is perfect for you. I've taken the most helpful things I've learned on my journey and put it into one jam-packed course that walks you through opening up your gifts and deepening them step-by-step. I teach you how to fully open your clairs, how to connect with spirit guides and ascended masters, how to master the art of psychic protection and boundaries, which is huge for tapping into high-frequency information. We talk about using psychic tools, portals, vortexes, soul centers, and so much more. When you sign up, you get lifetime access to 40 pre-recorded video lessons, five meditation activations that I have infused with a high 70 energy, exclusive invocations and connection processes, downloadable PDFs, and so much more to help you on your journey. It's a self-paced course. So you can take your time and it's jam-packed and you'll get access to the channel collective membership for three months. So you'll have access to all of that information as well. And all of those Q and A calls for that touch point with me. So if you are ready to fully open up your intuitive gifts, make sure you check out my psychic development course, just head to christinathechannelcom slash courses, and you'll find it right there. And so something I wanted to ask you about is just like, I would love to hear more about like your experience with podcasting and like growing your platform. Um, as I know that that's been like a huge focus for you since you started and like, you know, things have grown quickly and there's like a lot that comes with that. So I would love to just kind of hear what your journey has been with that. Yeah, a lot, (laughs) a lot does come with that. And for those of you who might just be listening, my, for just to give you a number's sake, to give you a ballpark understanding of the numbers on TikTok, I have 180,000, 87,000 followers, I think, which all kind of shot up from like one video, which got like 4.2 million views or no, what was that, the one, video? that one was like two point something million. And it was about the gospel of Thomas. So it's this book that's a part of what's called the Nag Hammadi Library, which was found in Egypt in the town of Nag Hammadi. And there was a bunch of like leather scrolls. And one of them being the book of uh, Tom or the Gospel of Thomas. And this would be like the book of Mary Magdalene, the book of Enoch. And it seems a little, um, let's see here, the classical let's say traditional explanation is that these books are fake, that they're not real, that they're rubbish, they're imitations because they're dated a thousand years after Christ was on earth. But the books are essentially of, you know, Jesus's followers and understanding what they believed him to have said and to have been articulated. 
and the gospel of Thomas is super fascinating because it actually goes down and quotes Jesus, which I believe very rarely happens in the actual Bible, but the gospel of Thomas are 114 quotes from Jesus Christ. And so when I came across this, I was like, oh shit, like these are some powerful stuff. The very first verse was those who hear these words will not, will never die. Something along that. I know I butchered that a little bit. And the whole point was, is like this entire book is Jesus basically saying like spirituality is within you. Like you are God, you have the church within you. And what my belief is, is that these books were suppressed whenever the church formed, whenever there was a whole formation of it, because you can't have power if everyone understands that they are or have God within them. Like if you understand you have God within you, there's no need to go to a church or to any sort or to put your power in somebody else, at least, right? Like a priest or a preacher. And so what that was all about was me basically saying like, Hey, I found this thing that was interesting. I think this is what this article saying. Let's check it out. And what I quickly realized is that for something to go to 2 million views, not everybody is going to agree with you. <laughs> I very quickly was confronted with the fact that half the world thought that this was the coolest thing in the entire world and worth following this person in the quest for parsing out the gospel of Thomas. And the other half thought that I was a heretical devil, heretical devil who was placed on earth to do Satan's work, which is a very <laughs> fascinating position to be in. Yeah. <laughs> um, so... On my TikTok, I have kind of gone through and pulled apart a lot of those quotes. I'm only up to number 60 right now, and mm -hmm. I've kind of lost my energy with putting it into it. I feel like it's something over time that mm -hmm. I'll kind of uncover more of. And then Instagram, I was kind of a little bit more ready for. Instagram was interesting because that blew up to like 120-ish thousand, maybe 118,000. And that kind of all stemmed from one video as well, where I was talking about Whenever I went to Peru, I stopped at one of these, it's basically looks like just like a stone wall, but then it's kind of like cut out in a way that looks as if it's like a doorway and through Inca tradition and prophecy or not prophecy, but legend, it is actually like a stargate, this portal to an astral realm where this Inca Inca priest like actually escaped the Spanish conquistadors and went through the portal. And so I basically talked about that. Now, luckily I had the preference of the other one. So I didn't have, you know, as much energetic attachment to people saying that I'm crazy, I'm doing drugs, I'm an idiot. <laughs> so luckily I kind of had that set up, but, and then that, that video, that reel got about 4.2 million views. So it, it was a very interesting um, dilemma of kind of this upward explosion overnight of these two of these two platforms that I was exposed to mm -hmm. and I mean look I <laughs> I get it what do you think people say about me when I'm in a trance and another being is speaking through me right like <laughs> uh what I think is hilarious about it is like you're just like on there like exploring like like you're not sitting there like pr like preaching do you know what I mean? Like, you're like, well, oh, this yeah. was found. Like, what if this means that it's like, which I think is just so hilarious how people respond. But 
so what was that like, like internally, you know, like how did you deal with that? Um, or what did that bring up from within you? Well, it really fucked me up honestly for Mm -hmm. a little bit. And whenever the, I didn't really, I think fully evaluate it whenever the TikTok thing happened. I think that I was more kind of in the mysticism of what I was experiencing. Mm-hmm. And if you're interested, if you go on my personal Instagram account at Clanky Terry, I kind of have like a little documentation of my TikTok blowing up and like my personal reactions to it. And so I was kind of more into the the positive energy. I said, I don't want to call it positive, but I was more attracted to the holy shit, this is crazy energy of it. And then whenever the Instagram thing happened, was it the Instagram? Maybe it was with the, it might still be with that Jesus one, but along the way, I kind of was like starting to try to evaluate this because it it really messed me up for a while. And I was trying to sit there and try to analyze like what's going on in my body. You know, what's this energy trying to tell me? What's the lesson here for me? What am I trying to understand? And through kind of like a conscious stream of writing, I was writing out, you know, my feelings and, and what it was in relation to. And what came up was actually a past life that I found pretty interesting. It was a past life when I was a golfer and I haven't gotten too much from this since, but I was a golfer and (laughs) I rose to stardom in the golf scene very quickly. And what I gathered from this was that I essentially in some way, shape or form caused some sort of controversy and ended up actually taking my life from that controversy. I've tried finding the document of it, but I can't seem to find that person anywhere. So, you know, take it or leave it for whatever that is. But I, I, even that kind of realization of like, oh, I'm here, I'm doing something where I need to actually rectify this energy of creating putting my finger almost on this soft spot of society where, you know, I'm open to it. It's something, you know, negative feedback, something I've dealt with my entire life. It's definitely very different whenever you have, you know, 4 million people saying it as opposed to, you know, four to five. Mm -hmm. But I do believe that there is something there. And this honestly might tie tie back to the five, one, uh, you know, layout of my human design where I am here to kind of challenge systems. You know, I don't, I don't see it as being placed on the individual. I completely understand why some people say, oh, you're the devil. And I understand why some people think that I'm preaching the, you know, the new gospel. I I totally understand those mindsets. And so, you know, I, I think a piece of that lessening, and this was way before my human design days, a piece of that is for me to understand, you know, that purpose of why I came here to kind of target those systems or, institutions that have been let's say suppressing the human consciousness or the human energetic vibration that we have here on earth yeah yeah so like is that what you feel like like if I were to ask you like do you what's your mission that is that what you would say yeah I would say that It's weird because to articulate it, it feels like something a lot of people have said before, which is find the connection between spirituality and science. I feel like Mm -hmm. we've got 10,000 people working on that project. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so, but not everybody does it well. 
and and the way that some people do it isn't going to resonate with everybody else that's a good point you know like we all have to like I could say the same thing as 500 other people, but some people might only be able to hear it when I say it because the harmonics of my voice and my frequency is what they can actually hear and understand and vice versa, right? There might be mm. things that I say that people just don't resonate with me, my frequency, my voice, all of that, but they hear it from somebody else and like, whoa, and it just clicked, you know? That's a, that's a very, very good point. And so, yeah, I guess to that, you know, yeah. that's kind of the same realm that I'm lying in. And I think, you know, my background is in software engineering. So I, I certainly have had a whole lot of institutionalized knowledge given to me from mathematics, physics, mm -hmm. you know, understanding the scientific world, the scientific landscape that has really kind of embedded or grasped society over the last 200 to 300 years. And I think there's a lot of utility in it. I think it's a beautiful thing. I just think that it's time that we need to start integrating that that piece of spirit that has yeah. almost been lost in our society. Yeah, totally. Totally. Um, yeah. And I, I mean, I so see that for you, you know, nothing's a coincidence, like your background, like how you got here. Um, and it's funny because I always say like, I like my mission is not really to get into a lot of these like conspiracy theory stuff. Like um, it's just not like where I'm supposed to be, you know? Mm. Um, and like, it's super in alignment for you like all this questioning and you're like, wait, what does that mean? You know, it's like, that's like super, like, that's what you're here to do, you know, like get in there and be like, well, what happened? Right. Like, did they lie? Like what happened? <laughs> um, so I love that. Like, you know, for me, it's like, I need people like you because there's all this kind of stuff you look into that I don't, it's not even, I don't even thinking about it. You know what I mean? Um, so it's, it's important work, but I think the other part of it that like, like, I know I can, I really, connect with I don't know if this like hit something for you but I think it's you know what you were saying it's like yeah like for you okay it's totally different if five people are criticizing you which isn't easy right like but all, then suddenly it's like five million people right there's just like a, that's a whole other level with a lot of eyes and a lot of voices and everybody pummeling their energy but there's also the aspect that I feel like for me has hit me the most and has been like the thing that I've run from and like shelled up from over periods and had to work through of like when it's it's my mission it's my work it's so sacred like don't come at me you know like for me for me with channeling it's like the, it's a sacred experience for me you know these beings that I'm connected to like this text like manifestation mastery like the books I'm I'm I, I write and like this every single day, like my most intimate relationship are with these are with these holograms, like with these spirits all around me. Right. And it's like, these are beings I've been, I've been with since I was a kid. They're like parental figures to me, you know? Um, well, you know, they don't like order me around or anything, but it's <laughs> like that level. It's an intimate relationship. It's an intimate experience. It's super sacred. And for me, there is a big piece of me. That's like, I don't want anyone else like coming in after like what's lighting me up and what's like my sacred space and experience, you know, or it's like, to me, like, if I look at someone like you, it's like, you are exploring things that are really lighting you up and you're curious about, and you're asking good questions. And you're like, you know, you have this amazing podcast and th these incredible interviews. And it's like, you are living your mission and your purpose. And then someone's going to come in and like throw their judgment at you. Like, do you know what I mean? Like for me, that's the spot that like, pokes at me a lot, like that, that I have had to really come to terms with of like a big piece of me is like, I do this for me, 
So why would I even let mm. y'all in to throw something my way when I don't need it? Cause this is what I'm doing, whether or not, you know, you know? Um, and then I've had to like, get over that of recognizing like, this is what I came to like, put this information out there and get over it. But the human part of me, like, that's the part that, that touches at me. Does that, does that resonate for you at all? Absolutely. And I really appreciate that reflection because there's a lot and I'm actually already excited to listen to this back. Cause I think I need to hear that again, which mm-hmm. is really fascinating. And I think the, the piece of it that it's really drawing me to is what we were talking about earlier in the conversation, which comes back to that self-love piece, because as a, as a kid, I always very much was like, I don't really care what people think about me. Like that's their problem, whatever. But I think naturally, I, I think from a soul blueprint level that was embedded in me. But I think the way that it was being manifested when I was younger and maybe even up until this whole TikTok thing was more of a place of insecurity and a more of a place of trying to protect myself against the love or even this act of trying to love somebody else because I've been hurt so many times where I'm actually starting to step into that phase of like, I actually don't care because I love myself. I love what I'm saying. I love the journey I'm on. I love the person I am because of the questions that I've asked. Mm -hmm. So that's why I I don't care. It's not because I'm insecure anymore. It's now because I actually love who I am and the journey I'm on, which I think that's like a a big shift that's probably happening right at this time. Yeah. Well, and I think it's cool to see like the same way it's like in your blueprint, like it's in my blueprint of like to, I mean, my sole purpose in every fucking chart you look up is like, you're here to trigger people. (laughs) I'm like, like, wow, couldn't be more obvious, you know? Uh, And it's like, both of us are Aries, like, of course, um, that kind of thing, you know? But that like, whatever you're here to do, that doesn't mean it's like, you're going to go to the depths of learning it, right? Like you're going to experience most intense aspects of it. Like, what does that really mean to live a life where you are um, shedding light on things that people want to keep dark, you know? Um, I mean, that's a lot of people get triggered when you do stuff like that too. Yeah. 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 But about I think poking the hornet's nest. Totally. But then you look at like, look at someone like you, right? You have these long conversations on your show and people are talking about like really interesting concepts. And I'm sure there's a lot that comes up from different people where like one person could receive that and get really triggered and want to like shut the conversation. And how do you respond? Right. Like you respond with a question. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And like trying to understand, you know, and, and I think like that speaks for itself. Like when I look at how certain people respond to things, I'm like, this, this is everything about you because you didn't have to respond that way. You know? Yeah. I, I certainly have been in a lot of situations like that, even recently where people, you can feel people whenever they start like stepping around their words or Mm -hmm. stepping around things they want to bring up or they're like, well, I would tell you about that, but it's really dark. And I've kind of gotten to a point where I'm like, I don't care. Like, just yeah. give me it. I I really just want to see what your authentic expression is and try to uncover that because I think that's really how we kind of bridge the gap between what I see as probably being one of the bigger dilemmas that we're facing as a societal whole, which is the idea of racism and you know fascism and all of these negative what are almost like quote unquote higher energies, right? Like at a, at a grand scale, these energies are taking over kind of our mindsets. 
And how do we almost not have a conversation with these people if we're going to understand what it is? Now, in my experience, it's mostly based in ignorance and not knowing. And it's just crazy. It's crazy to me because I've had on people who talk about demonology and the reaction I get on my Instagram from that is crazy. I just had someone on about paganism to talk because I didn't even know. I always had this internal reaction of negativity towards paganism and Wicca and I had no idea why. And so sitting down with this person, he actually pointed to the church as well, which actually is kind of hilarious. And I'll leave that as a little teaser. But the point is, is that like, I'm just super fascinated in what gets people going. Like, why do people think the way they think Mm -hmm. and how can we use that information to a, because understanding other people better, it gives us a great lens into ourselves as well. And I think that's a huge thing that we overlook as well in this whole evolutionary process of it's so easy for me to just say Putin's evil and bad, as opposed to saying, okay, what is Putin reflecting in me that's causing me to feel a certain way about him? Mm-hmm. Well, even just like <laughs> what what really happened, you know, and it, it, I I have been in some awkward situations where. Uh, you know, depending on who I'm with, like, like sometimes I don't always think it's worth my energy to like point something out to somebody. It's more of like, it just depends on the situation, but, um, you know, for example, people who other people acknowledge as saints, I think this is a really common one that comes up in like spirituality or people that people are like, Oh my God, they're like worshiping this person. And it's like, do you know what that person actually did though? Have you looked up like historically, like not, not just what like this religion or this group said that person did. Like, Mm. have you looked at like the other side, you know, and a lot of people, they, they, they don't know, you know what I mean? And like, but, but the thing is that this, this year, that's what this year is about. Uh, this entire year is about all of these illusions getting shattered. I'm like, this is the year of curiosity, hundred percent. Like this is the year of like, when we find out the conspiracy theories that are true, right? It's like, it's like paradigm shifting. It's like all, there's a lot of them too. (laughs) Yeah. And it's like, this is really the year of that coming out for people. And like, you can't run from it, you know? So it's like, I think it's more valuable to know that and be like, you know what? I'll just be prepared for that. Like, and why don't I just get curious and ask, you know, like, and be willing to shift your paradigm. Cause if if you're not ready for that this year, you're going to get pummeled. You're just going to get pummeled. That's interesting. I mean, my first reaction to that is hell yeah, because mm-hmm. that just means my audience numbers are going up. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but I'm curious, what what like gets you, why do you think that is? Or like, what's telling you that that's what's happening this year? Um, I mean, my, my, just, spite, my yeah. psychic senses when I tune into like the energy this year, I mean, it's a year of spiritual awakening, but like the big things they show, they have shown are just, um, and I don't know what it will be specifically, Um, because part of that is just comes down to the free will part, the choice, but like, I mean, this could be everything from, I mean, and we've already seen this coming out in really small ways. And I also think what it looks like is going to be dependent on the person and their reality. Right. I look at the things that come up on my social media feed. That's a very, it's my bubble of the type of things Mm. I'm seeing. Oh, come out versus if I looked at like, I don't know, my sister's social media feed, I'm sure hers is like very different. You know, um, I think a lot of stuff's going to come out around like 
financial ties between different groups, um, stuff with different religions. I think documents are going to get leaked. I think stuff around technology is going to really get leaked, uh, technology that they have that uh, people are going to be like, what the hell, you're lying to us, government stuff for sure. Um, you know, we've seen stuff with the nutrition industry. Like, I just think in every single area, stuff's going to come out, like, and it doesn't even really matter what it is, but the, what it's going to be whatever actually causes people to be like, huh. I can't believe mm. I've just been trusting this my whole life and I never questioned it. Oh, I love that. Yeah. It makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah. So you're not getting like any, because my question was going to be is like, what conspiracy is coming through that's going to come out, but it's not exactly that they're giving you a specific one. It's just, that's going to be like a little bit different for everybody where it, it's going to like wake up the people it needs to wake up whenever it happens. 100%. Like, I don't, I think it's going to be way more than just one. Uh, I think that, and I think the ones that are relevant, like stuff's getting leaked all the time that I have no idea about. Do you know what I mean? Like, but, but somebody else, like they, they have, they know, cause it's pops up on their newsfeed or whatever that I just don't see. Um, so it's just going to be whatever is relevant or even within certain communities. Like this isn't just global stuff, you know, it's, it could be within like with it, I think within religions, like within religious communities, things are going to come out, you know, like, and if I'm not part of that religion, I would have just no idea what just came to light or even within sure. the education, education system, it could be within like, you know, you go to a certain school and this whole thing comes out like that, that sort of energy um, is going to be popping up to trigger people awake and just to really force them to start trusting themselves, you know, and start questioning, like question if you haven't already. So and I think obviously with all of the, um, all the deaths, all the people that are passing, it's like, come on, you know what I mean? Like, you've got to look at what's going on. Like, uh, I mean that kind of stuff too, you know, um, on top of, yeah, you know, it's like, what's going to be the thing that wakes people up, but it's, yeah, yeah. Ascension. Yeah. There's going to be a lot of different types of ascension. Okay. So this is probably one of my, okay. So maybe it's not my favorite conspiracy. It's going to be like a small little shift because I don't think anything will come out about this. No, I want to know if you've like read into this or channeled anything about this. The moon. Probably not. Oh, the moon. The moon. So what we're fed and what we're told is that it crashed into earth and then it re-entered orbit around the earth's atmosphere and like just gathered. And that's what it is. But that just so many things scientifically have come out that just don't make sense are you familiar with this have you channeled anything about the moon i have a bit about the moon um not in depth and i don't really know what the science is about it um and i actually you know i i channeled i channeled something about the moon probably like like i did a whole video about the moon probably like three years ago and i never watched it i don't even remember what i said but you know my my beliefs about the moon um and once again you know, the reason why I don't channel a ton about a lot of this stuff, it's like sometimes bits will come in, but it's really just like what I need to know, what I need to share. Because mm-hmm. if I channeled a lot around this, um, then my whole platform would turn into that kind of energy probably, you know, and there are certain people where that is their mission, you know, like to explore that kind of stuff. And that's not my mission. So the type of information they feed me with is geared toward what I'm supposed to be sharing. Does that make sense? Like oh, for sure. the, the the flavor of like manifestation master or this book on like divine love, like that's a very different flavor and much more of like what I'm supposed to be focusing on. Um, so do you see what I'm saying around like how, if I was channeling a lot of this stuff, obviously I would be talking about it. And then my whole, like everything, the energy would shift 
and it would be kind of off mission for me in particular. I got you. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, so I'll just leave it as I don't, I don't buy that. I think there's a deeper thing there. So we'll just, we can just well, touch and go on it. My perspective on the moon is I, I, I mean, it's a base, you know, it's like, there are people there, there's stuff there. There's the dark side of the moon. There's like dark shit there. Um, uh, and there is also like, it's, it's a base. Uh, but I think also what people think about then the moon is like, well, then I think where my issue is, is like with certain conspiracy theories or certain like truths coming out, then they try and negate a whole other line of thought. So like, I think, yes, all the sketchy shit with the moon, like I get what it is at the same time, the moon still affects us. The moon affects the tides. The moon affects my cycle. The moon affects my, like my mood. I still believe it. Like I still oh, do for new, sure. new moon and full moon. And a lot of people who have this, who like got diving in the moon stuff, they're like, well then don't do your new moon ceremonies or like, don't worship the moon goddess. And I'm like, to me, it's different things. It's like, it's different. It's different shit. Like, and it, it all can be true. Oh, for sure. And you know that's I mean? probably a, really helpful thing to highlight here. And I mean, especially as people kind of awaken and you're like, well, what was true? You know, don't completely burn everything, right? Like don't burn all your thoughts around a certain thing because there could still be nuggets of truth in there that just now that you found this out, other nugget out, it doesn't mean the rest of it isn't true, mm -hmm. right? Like, mm -hmm. and I think that probably happens a lot whenever you start doing these deep dives into the, let's say just conspiracy rabbit holes where they will leak and like put out things to throw you off course. Mm -hmm. So this very much comes back into what we were talking about with discernment and actually evaluating, first of all, you know, does this really even matter for what I'm trying to accomplish in this lifetime? Mm -hmm. And if it does, you know, what processes do I need to go through to actually determine, you know, the legitimacy behind this? Yeah. Well, I want to know, I mean, people listen, like, what do you, what's your moon take? Don't just oh, okay, yeah. pass over it. <laughs> um, well, I didn't know if you wanted to keep it kind of off your platform type thing, but no, can, no, no. I'm just saying that's why it. like, no, I don't, I want to bring it on the platform for sure. I was just saying like, in terms of what I channel around personally, like what I'm tuning gotcha. into, like I haven't spent, like there are certain topics I'm like, yeah, I've spent like literally so much fucking time and energy exploring the depths of this and what happened and wh like, what do we need to know? And there are other things I just haven't, you know what I mean? Um, and so like things in that realm just aren't the things that I'm, but that I love talking about it. I absolutely fucking love talking about the conspiracy theory stuff. It's just not what I'm spending most of my time. It's not where into. you're directing your energy. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. But I love talking about it. So bring it. So with the the moon, the very first thing that always, you know, you can obviously see, and it's super fascinating, is the fact that it makes, you know, with eclipses, it makes mm -hmm. a perfect circle relative to the sun, mm -hmm. relative to our earth. You know, I think the ratio is like one 362nd or something like that. I mean, don't quote me on that number, but it, the ratio of the size of the moon to the, the sun is the same exact ratio as the earth to the moon to the sun if that makes mm -hmm. sense, mm -hmm. which is why the eclipse happens, which if you look at pretty much every other planet in our solar system, no other moon has that relative nature. So the probability of that happening is so unlikely that it's crazy. It's dumbfounded in my opinion. It's, it's manufactured. Well, the next thing that gets interesting, <laughs> maybe the next thing that gets interesting is that they've actually done tests and you can look this up, NASA, where they would crash objects into the moon. Mm 
And so they crash an object into the moon and it rings like a bell for the first time was like for 30 minutes. The second time, whenever it was a harder crash, it rang for over three hours. So what this leads me to believe is that the moon's actually hollow. Yeah. So if the moon's hollow, then like, what is going on here? Like, I'm just going to leave that as a question mark. I'm not going to answer that. But then the next layer of it, right, and this adds into the fact that it might actually just be a hollow sphere, is that all the craters on the moon, which are created by asteroids of different sizes, they all have the same depth as each other, right? If a if a 50,000 mile, that's actually probably not a relative answer, but let's say like a... <laughs> If a 10 ton rocks hits a, hits the moon or hits the earth versus a five or, you know, a one ton rock, the crater impact of those are going to be completely different yet on the moon, the craters are all the same depth. Mm-hmm. And not even that some of them kind of go convex into or concave into convex and then back into concave, which adds on to this fact that it's likely creating this vibrational signal of it rippling back out. Mm-hmm. Um, there's another thing which I haven't found too much data on. So, you know, take this one with a grain of salt, but there are essentially materials on the moon like titanium that are not naturally forming minerals on earth. So you can find all these different minerals that are on the moon that just aren't naturally forming on earth. So it, it kind of throws out the whole theory that it crashed into earth and then re-entered or earth's um, alignment. Now what the, Here's where it gets a little like touchy and whatnot, but the leading thought is that some sort of galactic species, galactic aliens would have brought the moon into Earth's orbit. So the next question is why? Well, the primary reason for the moon is that it actually attracts in, you know, asteroids and debris that would actually cause a tremendous amount of harm to the Earth. It doesn't collect all of them, but it collects a good majority of them. But what actually is of even bigger what is actually an even bigger utility that the moon has provided is it's actually stabilized Earth's poles. So the poles of the Earth have always been shifting pretty radically. And so by putting the moon in orbit, it has actually allowed the poles of the Earth to stay in place for a longer duration of time. And there's a whole bunch that this kind of dives into, right? Number one, how do we know that the poles were in different places? Well, First of all, you can look this up. They've actually discovered that there are pyramids in Antarctica. So you can look up pictures of these pyramids in Antarctica. You can ask yourself how they got there. I mean, I'm sure it wasn't a complete ice cap whenever they had built these pyramids in Antarctica. <laughs> if they did, that's a whole different conversation. Uh, there's, you know, the idea then as well is that if you want humans to have the highest potential of, let's say, evolving their consciousness, They need to be not afraid of the weather. So we need to have a stable climate in order for us to evolve consciously speaking. So by putting a moon in orbit, it allows the poles to stay in the same location. Thus, we have the ability to kind of settle into our environment a little bit more so that we are able to expand our consciousness, you know, at least take care of like the root chakra, you know, take care of the root chakra to feel safe in our own body and our own place of living in order to kind of explore the cosmos and ourselves at a deeper level. Mm. So that's kind of the basics of my moon rant. (laughs) Those are great. Those are great. Lots to think about there. Well, it's like, yeah, of course people are going to get triggered by this because 
it's like, it just, it's a domino effect, right? Well, what about everything we've learned about like first man on the moon? And what about all those pictures? It's like, it calls into question a lot, you know? And I think, I always think this whenever I think about like things that were in my history textbook, I'm like, at what point is somebody going to have to burn all these and be like this, like, there's going to be a point where everybody realizes like this, this is not real. You know what I mean? Which is so crazy. Well, what is it? The the old saying is, is that history's written by the victor, right? And so if we're trying to find out, you know, whose side of what, it's almost impossible because you don't, if I go in, if Claytonville goes and conquers Christina Town, you know, yeah. Christina Town isn't going to tell us the story of why Claytonville conquered, totally. but I'm going to tell you, I'm going to be like, Christina Town? Yeah, they were fucking burning our crops. They were fucking mm-hmm. us up. So we had to go in and show them who was boss. So yeah. Whether or not that happened, I, you know, who knows? Yeah. Question everything. You know, the last thing we have to wrap up in a second, but I, I really just wanted to ask, um, I don't know how succinct you can be with this, but like, tell us about the Stargates a bit. I'll try to be succinct. Yeah. <laughs> There's definitely a long answer here. I really don't know. Mm-hmm. What my intuition tells me and what I kind of explored when I was at this one is that it's probably not so much, at least maybe not at this time, a physical Stargate. Mm-hmm. I think it's probably more of like an astral Stargate, at least from what I experienced, you know, from, you know, whenever I was there meditating, touching it, the things that I kind of saw in my third eye that I, you know, would take a little bit longer of a podcast to get into. So I should probably do an episode myself, but I, I, I think there's validity to it. I think that there is a possibility and this, and this kind of dives into the chakra points of the earth and the meridian lines and ley lines, which again, <laughs> I know you wanted to keep it shorter. So we'll have to come back, we'll do a conspiracy theory episode. Uh, that would be a fun one. That would be a fun <laughs> one. So I, I think the basic thing is, is that my intuition tells me that there's something here with these stargates. I don't think that our level of human consciousness as at a point yet to operate them on a physical dimension for our physical bodies. Mm-hmm. I think where we're at, or maybe again, this could just be me, where we're at is to just use them from a consciousness perspective, use them as like this place where we're able to actually project our consciousness into them in order to explore different dimensions. Again, I and so a little bit of my story, I didn't go too deep into it because I actually kind of got a little scared at what I was experiencing. So I kind of pulled myself back into my body and was like, all right, like <laughs> I experienced enough to know that there's something there, but didn't experience enough to, you know, be like, okay, like here's how we can reshape society by using Stargates. Yeah. Do you think that there are a lot more than we know, or do you think there are few? <sighs> When you're asking the question, my intuition wanted to say yes. Mm-hmm. I, I think that it's also difficult because like we were talking about earlier, you run into misinformation where yeah. I'm sure there's going to be an article or a story or a picture somewhere that the government fabricated so that people can point to that one picture and be like, look, this is bullshit. I can prove to you that this is bullshit. And so therefore every single Stargate is BS. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of hard to know. I I would say that it's probably something that wouldn't be left in one place in the world. Now, 
so like it's on the border. The one I went to was on the in Peru on the border of Peru and Bolivia. And there's actually two there. There's one that's called the uh, Gate of the Gods, which I visited, and then the one that's across the border in Bolivia, which is called the the Gate the Sun Gate of the Sun or the Sun Gate. Can't remember exactly. But there's also <laughs> there's even conspiracies that we invaded Iraq to get their Stargate. I I don't know how deep it goes, but what I would project is that there's probably more than one in more than one area in the world. I don't think it's something that would be isolated to one location. How many, I mean, guess is as good as mine. And the other yeah, thing- Yeah, well, I think they found like, people will say like, I think they found like, like six or something in the world. And I'm like, no fucking way. There's you think that's too be, high? I think that's gonna be way more than that. Okay. I think there's gotta be way, I think that, I don't think there, I think a lot of them probably are destroyed. Um. But here's where here's where it gets interesting to me. Here's where it gets interesting to me, and this could be an element of me overthinking it. Mm-hmm. But at some level, us being people, being humans, are we not at some level our own Stargate? Are yeah. we not at some level this interdimensional being that's able to contact the mm-hmm. infinite universe instantaneously? Mm-hmm. So <laughs> theoretically, we could argue there's seven billion Stargates yeah. on Earth or eight billion. I don't know what number we're up to now, but hundred percent. Yeah, so, but I just think physically yeah. and just even with like how the gods and goddesses, like how, how they got all around the world and like immediately, I think they're, those portals were a lot more like accessible. And I think a lot of the vortex areas are actually like the stargates underneath. That's an interesting point. Yeah, I'm... <laughs> We can get into the whole hollow earth theory, which annoys me because I hate that they actually called it hollow earth, but that's a whole different uh, I mean, rabbit yeah, hole. That's yeah. a whole other thing. But I think it's um, even beyond that, like it could be like just directly buried, like without even getting, but I think like there's a lot more signs of them. For I sure. They're just a lot more relevant, you know, oh, but for sure. I'm just very fascinated with the Stargates um yeah i don't know how to use them yet i'll keep you i'll keep in touch with you if i figure out how to use it but i mean i really think again this could be one of those kind of quote-unquote distractions where yes there might be an actual physical component to that these Mm -hmm. things they lay in an energetic spot on the earth that aligns you to the frequency of the stars and the earth and the solar system far more than any other place on earth which for sure exists. I've been to Egypt. I've been to Peru. I've been all over the world. Like those for sure exists. It just gets interesting where if almost we're giving our permission, like, okay, now we're in front of the Stargate. Now I'm quote unquote allowed. I know it'd be subconscious, but I'm allowed to now expand my consciousness into this Stargate and see this thing. And so, you know, I don't know. I, I think it's something that will definitely be more unlocked as, mm-hmm. as, as humanity raises in consciousness and we expand more i think that i don't i don't think that's something we're going to be able to access in 2023 but (laughs) hopefully yeah hopefully in the next you know 50 80 years probably in our lifetime we should see that yeah well you know the reason i i like am interested in them is because like um a while back when i was just trying to understand like you know, my mission, how come like these beings use my body to talk, like come into my body, you know, and that's a specific contract I have. Um, 
And also that lends itself to, I have to take care of my body very differently than I would otherwise, you know, when you're sharing a vessel, essentially, mm-hmm. um, it's different. And the, and I was just trying to wrap my my brain around it and like, understand like what I need to do and things like that. And the way they described it was they said, like, like you're a human stargate. Like, so they use your body as the portal Whoa. and that's why they can come in physically. Um, that's wild. and yeah. And when they said that, like they showed me, um, like I suddenly saw my body, not as like, <laughs> like what it looked like through my third eye was then not my vessel. It was like, I looked almost like whatever the material is, you know what I mean? It was, it was like, it was like. I had a generator that had to be turned on like, and like act how to activate it so that then the being can come in and use the vessel and anchor into the physical, um, and had to have the stargate to anchor into the physical. Does that make sense? Interesting. Yeah. So then I started trying to just learn about stargates because I'm like, well, that was a very specific thing to explain to me. And they said like, you're a human stargate. You have to treat your body like a stargate. So then I started to try and like learn about them. Obviously there's not much, so, <laughs> but that's kind of what developed my interest Okay. in it. That's super interesting. Yeah. So what, what is this like generator mechanism? Is it almost like a, just an engine where you have to pull a ripcord to like get it started? It's not really a ripcord, but it's like a, there's a turn on the power. Like you know? a lever? Like, Yeah like a lever of like when, when I'm activated is like when they can come in physically, you know, like, um, which is part of how I control it versus like Stargate powered off. Yo, I would be super interested if so. Okay. So in this, in the Stargate that's in Peru, it's like this giant door, but in the middle is a little circle. And mm-hmm. the legend is, is that the Inca priest had like the sun disc that he put into that circle. And then the gods like basically welcome into, into the land of the gods. So with that being said, I, I, I assume you haven't been there yet, but I'd be amazed if you went to this place and actually like did some energy work to look for this, mm-hmm. like on switch per se. Yeah. Yeah. I should go. Yeah. I sh- that'd be so sick. Can you take me uh, with you? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> we'll go on a field trip. I'll show you how to get there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. No, yeah, yeah. I actually almost got pinched by the Peruvian police there. So that was, uh, that's oh, a whole other story. Wow. I don't have to yeah. get into that. Yeah. Well, I don't know if I, I don't think I want to be part of that, but you know. <laughs> I, I go, we got out of it. I'll, we'll, we'll save it for, it's easy to get out of. It's just, okay. they were looking for extra money and, you know, you got to know a little bit of Spanish. <laughs> okay. Okay. Cool. Are you, do you know, are you fluent in Spanish? Uh, basic. Okay. Basic Spanish. Cool. I'm I'm more conversational in Portuguese, and so mm-hmm. I can kind of figure out Spanish from there. Okay. Cool. Cool. All right. Well, I guess we'll we'll see what happens. Um, I mean, well, we could do this forever. Unfortunately, I have another call after this, but <laughs> uh, I'm sure people will want you back. We'll have to do a conspiracy theory episode. I love it. If you're in, I love it. I'm all about it. In. Yeah. I I very much just say, hey, here's the information I found. Try to do your own research because I don't. Again, I don't know if information that I have is that I have that I've read is, you know, to lead people off a trail, but 
it's almost like one of these things where you find so many different pieces of the puzzle Mm -hmm. and you can see how it works into this bigger picture. And Mm -hmm. that's a huge thing with the moon is like, if you look up like the moon being fake, they're not going to tell you about the pyramids in Antarctica or how the poles keep shifting. And so it, it, you got to kind of look for all the different items in different places to kind of put it together. Yeah. That's the thing is we've got to have all the information all of the potential information, whether or not it's like legit, but like at least have it all out on the table, you know? And let the people decide for themselves. Yeah. Let the people decide. Spoken like a true five one. That's a five one. <laughs> oh my God. I love it. Well, let everybody know where they can connect with you further, where they can learn all about all this stuff. Yeah. Well, first of all, I appreciate the space you allow me. Thank you for, you know, introducing me to your audience guys traveling to consciousness it's my podcast christina's been on there twice if you want to find it it's amazing so just type in like traveling to consciousness christina and i'm sure it'll pop up instagram at traveling to consciousness tiktok at clayton q terry my personal instagrams at clayton q terry don't really post there too much and yeah i those are really the only modalities i'm focusing on right now i'm still like we talked in here trying to push my energy more towards the money and relationship stuff so i'm not too focused on expanding the brand at a numbers or followers metric right now because i guess i have that energy dialed in (laughs) um and yeah i i really just i don't think that i have i'm always on a quest to find a deeper truth so i just see the world as I know what I know, but I feel like there's always something deeper. Mm-hmm. And yeah, we have good controversial guests that half my followers love and then hate and who knows. So just <laughs> take everything with an open mind and a grain of salt. And yeah, just keep asking questions. Love that. Well, we love a good controversy around here. I'll say that. <laughs> so uh, amazing. All right. We'll put all of those links in the show notes for everybody. And uh, thank you again for coming on the show. This was amazing appreciate you. Huge thank you to Clayton for coming on the podcast and having such an interesting conversation. Per usual, I could talk to him forever. And I'm sure you guys are going to want to learn more. So be sure to head to his podcast, Traveling to Consciousness. You can find him on Instagram at Traveling to Consciousness and on TikTok at Clayton Terry. And his website is travelingtoconsciousness.com. All of those links are in the show notes as always. And if you did enjoy this episode, be sure to take a screenshot, share it to social media, tag me, tag at Christina, the channel podcast, tag Clayton. That way we can see that you are enjoying the show and say a big thank you for spreading word about it. I always appreciate it whenever you guys share the show. It truly, truly means the world and it really helps to grow our community. So every share on social, sharing the link to a friend, all of that is a huge help to supporting the show. So big thank you for that. And just big thank you for being here and for tuning in. So that's going to be it for today's episode. Thank you again so much for tuning in. I hope you have an amazing rest of your day and I will chat with you again next time. Thank you.